Welcome to Make Your Show, The Creators. I'm John Kramer. And I'm Jason Chichi. We help anyone who wants to create an on-camera story to realize their vision every step of the way, from writing to shooting to production to post-production, everything. In this podcast, we talk with creators who have done this themselves. We want these stories to inspire and educate anyone out there who is thinking of taking a shot at storytelling. Today, we're chatting with Sebastian Lacaz, an actor, writer, director, filmmaker, who created his own award-winning series, Hustling, along with collaborating with others who created their series, including Life's a Drag and Jason's show, He's With Me, where he was the director, cinematographer, and editor. We get into the nitty gritty with Sebastian about how he pulled off three seasons of Hustling and about his incredible journey going from not knowing anything about making his own show to being someone who could execute every aspect from writing to fundraising, directing, filming and editing, everything. So yeah, we're so happy that you could join us and and chat. Obviously, Jason and I uh, with Make Your Show are trying to help actors who want to make their own stuff. and. You know, you've obviously done that and, and done it very well. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to talk to you and hear about what your experience uh, with making hustling was and and see if we could kind of like dive into the nitty gritty. Why don't we start at the beginning? How were you thinking about these kinds of questions or were you thinking about these questions when you came up with the idea for hustling? Why did you come up? With the idea for hustling why did you want to make your own show um it's it's uh it's it's interesting to actually look back at this and approach this from where i am now in my life and who i am now because so much has changed i've grown so much i've had such a transformative like i don't know past like five or six years so looking back on like the beginning of hustling is really where so much of the journey that I'm on now, where I am began. Um, but I was in such a different place in my life. I, you know, was entrenched in my pursuits as an actor and I was very self-motivated and I had just come from spending some time in Los Angeles and I had, um, uh, been auditioning for shows and things that I was watching on TV and I was just very inspired. Um, I spent like almost six months here. And so I went back to New York and my um, partner at the time, had, Todd, had he, had he had been wanting me to like do a web series. He was like, you should do a web series, you should do a web series. But, you know, just like with anything with life, you sort of have to, it has to come to you on your own. Yes, you can be guided and you can hear things, but it has to really come from within. Um, So I, even though he had um, opened sort of, you know, my awareness to web series, I just wasn't ready to take it on it until I came back from LA. And then I really started just sort of exploring that space and like looking around and I saw these shows and I was like, I should be doing something and, um, I want to be doing something and I was ready finally to, to, to create my own work because I think too, I had 
been a dancer for so many years and I had had incredible success as a dancer and then now had transitioned into um, the acting world and was like finding my way as an actor and then feeling that thing that so many actors feel like that they just have no everything is just out of their hands and you're just sort of reacting to everything and just sort of you know just at at, at, the, at everyone else's whimsy, if that is even the right word, but you're just, you just have no control. So it was, that, I think it was born out of this desire to just like take the reins of my own career and to uh, just create my own work. And I was inspired by what I had was seeing already being done by these other actors who were doing it. And I was like, yeah, this is, wow, look at what they're doing. This is incredible. So um, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, do a, I'm going to write a web series. And I was like, at that point, had you had any writing? I don't even know this. Did you have any writing or directing experience at all? Or were you just jumping in? I have always been a writer, um, not necessarily narrative storytelling. Um, I wrote poetry when I was a kid. I, when I was in fifth grade, I completely plagiarized um, <laughs> Nutcracker and Annie and created this musical in the fifth grade and we performed it and I just kind of directed it. And I did like directed some show choir stuff, um, which is more choreographing, but still like directing people in high school. Um, and I was always an, uh, an avid journaler. Um, so writing was always in my life, um, but never really in this format, but I've always, I've always been a writer to a certain extent in my life. Um, so, but again, I had never really written um, like a screenplay like a, a screenplay um, I think I had dabbled like like I said writing plays or writing things previously in my life but this was this was the first time tackling like a screenplay so when you were writing hustling we're talking about season one now because you ultimately did three seasons right yeah um so season one you're you, you've come up with the, this idea you're going to make this web series you're writing it um you've you've done a lot of research in terms of reading other scripts are you getting any kind of help or at this point, do you have any kind of collaborators, anybody helping you? At, on, at this point, season one, no, uh, it was really just the writing. It was just me. I just, you know, wrote like eight episodes. It was very linear. It was very just told from my character's point of view. There weren't any, there was no B or C storyline. It was really just, you know, my character. Um, so Can I ask, were you cognizant of like, what it was going to take to shoot it while you were writing were you thinking with your producer hat too all right uh, yeah i was like okay i can't write uh you know a scene about us like me jumping on a helicopter i can't <laughs> write you know i was very um aware of like okay it's got to be <clears throat> a couple of actors it's got to be in these locations i'm going to shoot in my apartment it's got to mm -hmm. be like places that i can get to um, you know, for free, because I didn't have season one, it was there was, I was just paying out of pocket for whatever um, I needed. So you didn't, you didn't raise any money for season one? Season one? No, I just paid for everything. I mean, nobody oh. made money. There was, you know, I didn't pay any actors. Um, we had deal memos and things, but like nobody made any money. I didn't make any money. <clears throat> I just spent money. <laughs> um, uh, and then I, I did reach out. I had a friend who uh, had a camera, who had a Canon 7D and, uh, and some like clip lights. 
and some gels. And um, I was like, hey, do you wanna, <clears throat> and he's a really talented um, hairdresser and um, he's an artist now and also a filmmaker in his own right. This was before he kind of dove into all of that. And I was like, hey, do you wanna shoot this? Do you wanna you know, be the director of photography? He was like, yeah, absolutely. And so I was like, great. So we were gonna work together. We shot the, the teaser together. He kind of directed me on that, which was like, there's no dialogue. It's just like sort of like a, like a, like a character development of the introduction to the character. And that was like the teaser. And, um, and then we started, we were casting and like, and then I just like for casting, I, I didn't have auditions. I just reached out to people that I knew. Um, and luckily I was, I was still really close to having, you know, worked in uh, on Broadway and stuff. So I still had all those connections to those people. So I was able to get like, you know, people I'd worked with on Broadway into the show. So that was helpful. And, um, but once we started shooting, <laughs> my friend, um, Andreas, I don't think he really knew what director of photography was. I think he heard director. Um, and the like first time, first day we were shooting, you know, and you know, you have to do things a bunch of times. And I don't think he was really up for that. And so he was like, I can't do this. Uh, uh, I, I wish you well, here's my camera. Here's all my well, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, but um, I have other things that I need to focus on. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? I was like, okay, then this is dead. Like, I, what am, I, it's just me. Yeah. Uh, I did have my friend Gary, who I'd worked with in a couple plays. He was kind of helping me produce it. So, but I didn't have anyone to shoot it. I, like, I didn't know what to do. What and was your relationship with a camera at, at that point? Was oh, it just being in front of it? <laughs> wow yeah yeah i didn't know how to light a scene i didn't know how to do anything i knew oh, nothing incredible. about making a series i knew about you know being the talent mm -hmm. but i didn't know anything about what it takes to, to make it you know i literally just kind of like jumped in jumped into it and was learning as i went and so as as i was thinking like okay well this is done like i really like didn't know how i was going to proceed and I was, I was really using YouTube a lot and like researching how do you light a scene, da 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 da. And I was on YouTube and um, looking through videos, and I found these videos by this guy called the Lone Filmmaker, and um, and it was just this guy who like made films on his own, and it was really like you know the universe telling me like it's gonna be okay, like just keep going, like you can do this. You're not the first person to try to do this on your own. So, um, you know, that was a sign and I listened to it. And so I ended up, one of the actors, um, the, I did have, I did cast like one other, one actor who, uh, who I didn't know. And he, at the audition, he actually said um, he um, had a camera. So I reached out to him and he ended up kind of coming on and also like being the DP and then I shot a lot of stuff. I did a lot of reshooting of things because I didn't know what I was doing. A lot of like lighting and stuff. But that first season, a lot of the stuff when it's just me, it's it's just me. Like I set the camera up and the lights, and like when it's just solo stuff, it's just it's just me. Like in That's my incredible in my apartment shooting stuff. 
um, very, there was a couple times where we actually had like a crew, like yeah. someone behind the camera and like someone there, like, but very few times, mostly it was just myself and the other actor and a very bad zoom microphone. Um, I knew nothing about sound at the time. You know, we were like, okay, I hope this sounds good. You know, like we didn't know anything. That is and, so incredible. Yeah. That is How incredible. long did you end up, do you think? I mean, you know, it sounds like it probably would be kind of hard to keep track because you kind of went back a lot and did reshoots, but how long do you think it took you to actually uh, shooting days for, for season one? Well, I mostly shot on the weekends um, with the other actors and it was over a couple of months. And then my partner, um, Todd was, is a lawyer. So he would be out during the day. So a lot of that stuff in the apartment with Ryan, I could shoot during the day. And sometimes even in there was hallway scenes with, with Rosa that I would reshoot myself. So I like my, my coverage. Um, I, so I was sometimes by myself. Oh, yeah. I already said that, but like, yeah, it took a couple of months, but mostly on the weekends. And um, but yeah, it was a couple of months of yeah, shooting. That's incredible. Limited time. And yeah. you're becoming more and more confident as you as you do this, I would imagine. Absolutely. And honestly, when Andreas pulled out and I was actually able to sort of like get behind the lens a little bit, that's really when the series like, you know, as gritty and as very independent as season one is, that's when the the aesthetic visually really kind of came into place when I took over because mm -hmm. I, because it could, was my vision then, you know, as opposed to his. And so everything happens for a reason. So it, I'm really happy that that, you know, all transpired and Andreas and I are still friends. There was, there's no bad blood between us at all for that. Um, but it's just interesting how things play out and we think it's a challenge and an obstacle, but it's really, it's an opportunity and it's showing you the way. I mean, that's really, um, a big takeaway from all of this is like, and, and my, um, my own personal journey is like learning that obstacles and challenges are really there guiding you and moving you towards the way, towards the things that you want. And many ways we think that they're holding us back and keeping us, but those things, those are really the things that are guiding you and moving you towards what you want. It's really about shifting your mindset and realizing that it's not an obstacle, it's an opportunity. So, so let me just ask, you're, you wrote it, you're starring in it, you're directing it, you're filming it. Yes, I'm lighting. producing it. Producing Casting it. Out. You're literally doing every single thing. You've got a couple other actors, you know, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> that was season one. I did, and I did edit season one. Season one, Andreas, he actually edited season one. Okay. I would go over yeah. there. I would, but I would be like this moment to this moment to this, like every little thing. And how were you there looking over his shoulder the whole time he was doing editing? Um, kind of, yeah, he didn't really do a pass. He would like sync everything up and, da -da -da and get everything ready. And then I would come over and I had a, I went through every shot, everything. And I would be like, we want this take from this moment to this moment. So I was telling him how to piece everything together. Yeah. Um, and then he would say like, what about this and that? And we would, you know, finesse and move things and he would, you know, timing, let's cut this here. But as far as the shots and everything, I was like, I painstakingly chose every angle. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was also obsessed with my own performance and everything. So you make season one, yeah. just absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, I knew that you did a lot to make season one. I guess I, I did not realize the extent to which you really did everything. Um, 
what did you do once you had the finished episodes? How do you go about, actually, how do you go about finishing them? Because mm -hmm. you got to come up with music. Uh, you got to come up with graphics and, and like a logo. Yeah. And how do you do all that stuff? Um, again, I, I reached out to some friends. I have um, a really talented friend who's a graphic designer who created the logo for Hustling, Eddie Trotter. Um, again, he worked it out. He worked for free. He just like did it as a favor. And then um, Andreas had a really good friend, Sir Paul. His name is Paul, and he's a um, an independent music artist. Um, he goes under the the name Sir Paul, and so his music just um, really worked well. And um, so, and he gave me access to like just to use whatever music I wanted. I remember this was like 2011. So a long time ago, and so much has changed um, with how people can create. You know, it's like now everybody has like a camera in their pockets now with the iPhone. And there's just so much more accessibility than, you know, than we had back in 20, like almost the dark ages, um, it seems like. But, um, and there's so many like music subscription platforms now um, and I actually belong to one, which is how I use music for some of my current projects. But I was just finding, if I didn't use a Sir Paul song, I, I found like royalty free something and I had to buy a license and, you know, use that music. So that's how I, and I, so I scored all the music, I designed, did the, mu the, the music design. Mm -hmm. I didn't create the scores, but I just put up, placed all the music and, um, Eddie, my friend did the graphics and we created that little opening. So we had the opening, we had the music and we just kind of did the color correction and that kind of stuff ourselves just on final cut. So then we, so then we have all our episodes and um, well, not all of them. We kind of did them as, as they were rolling out back then. Cause we, um, you know, I kind of followed the, the model of like just a regular television show where you like, you know, do a teaser and then you, you know, you roll out an episode per week and you do little, you know, promotion um, each week, which is kind of the model that I used for hustling. And because I was, you know, had, you know, had a history of working on Broadway and I had Broadway actors in the series like Daphne Vega and Brent Barrett and um, Shannon. Um, I'm trying to think of, there's just a, um, a few people from Broadway in the show. And, um, I was able to get the attention of some like uh, Broadway blogs and stuff. So they yeah. picked up the teaser and um, which was, you know, me like in my underwear and stuff. So that kind of like that helped. Right. So I, I was able to get a bunch of eyes on, on the show right from the very beginning and get some press um, going, which was just helpful. And it's a couple of other like gay blogs, I like, kind of picked it up and we're like showcasing it. And that's just kind of how it started. And then I just really did all the, the marketing and released everything. And this was kind of even before, a little before Instagram, I was just using Facebook. So I was, cre I was then doing, I was then the marketing person because I was like taking stills and then like going in Photoshop and putting the hustling logo on there and saying every Wednesday, da, da, da. like just like looking at like how um, HBO would do, you know, their uh marketing for their shows and like with the line i literally just like did that yeah and did like you know new episode this coming wednesday da, 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 and i would just promote it on facebook 
and um, people just started watching it and and uh, people were excited about the next episode is really because it came out every week. And so we were really on a schedule, like every week we were editing and marketing and, and releasing and the next wow. week, editing, you know, um, for the for the eight episodes that that aired for season one. Yeah. So eight episodes, you had a teaser in an episode per week. And I, I only did the teaser the first, the very first time. I, that was a lot. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. do like recaps like previously on Hustling. I, <laughs> it was just like too much. Yeah. Like, so we just did an episode a week. But prior to launching, I also uh, got a, an idea. Some, a friend of mine gave me an idea of like, oh, you should, you know, do a screening. You should do a party. And just so you can get pictures and post it online, it was like just creating buzz. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's great. So and again, there was no money. I, this was just all out of my pocket. So I found, which doesn't even exist anymore from what I heard, the Tri Tribeca Cinemas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's gone. And so I um, rented out one of the smaller theaters and had a screening there. And again, the universe just like opened up and provided so much because um, the guy knew we were on a budget and um, we had one of the smaller screening rooms. And then I think right before there was supposed to be another screening in the larger room or something and they were going to have a party and they pulled out. And so the guy was like, Hey, do you want to do, you want to do like a post party? Like we'll have the people there. Just, can you guarantee like this much money at the, you know, that the bar will bring in this much money. I was like, yeah, yeah I think so. And so for season one, I did, I screened the teaser and the first three episodes at Tribeca cinemas. And we had like a step and repeat. And like, we had a great audience, like Robin Roberts um, showed up cause I was friends with her girlfriend at the time. And, and she was super impressed. And it just, it, it was just like, we just created a really cool event and it was really fun. And even Tribeca was like, are you coming back next year? And I ended up doing the next, I ended up doing season two and season three there. And they always just like, kind of like, gave me space to do a party because they loved the event and it was always good for their bar and stuff um that's so incredible that was, yeah that was it really just um just elevated it and made it feel like something something special and yeah. and it was a great way to showcase it and just made us feel like we were you know doing something special it was really a fun way to kick yeah. off the season well that's amazing i mean because this is something that we find ourselves talking about again over and over is a lot of people go into making their own work with this end result in mind. They're going to have this product that's going to allow them to get more and better acting gigs. Yeah. And they don't realize what it's really going to do for them or to them. And just the ability to focus on process over outcome. I think is such a valuable uh, perspective on life. Um, I'd because love to whatever hear your more. intention is with it, it may not may not come true at all. So you may be setting yourself up for such a a, um, a disaster in your mind when uh, you'll discover other things that you never knew were going to be there. Because it oh. sounds like your 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 outcomes were really good. <laughs> Your outcomes are uh, pretty damn good. Yeah, they were, but they also weren't really what I thought they were going to be either. Um, um, you, you know, it's like, yeah, letting go of expectation is really hard, but at the same time, um, that's kind of a journey that everybody goes on. So there's also, it's not, it's also valid to, to 
have the experience of being focused on an outcome and then realizing that that's not what it's about. Like that is a valid journey that a lot of people um, will learn from. Um, if, if you can get it, if you can sort of have the awareness beyond that, that's great. But at the same time too, if you have to go through the journey that I went through, that's also a beautiful journey to, to experience yourself too. But you will ultimately realize, I think that, you know, having even what I've learned is like, even having positive expectations are, are limitations. And that I'm now realizing that it's more about intention. Like, what is my intention? Not saying that I want the A, B, and C to happen. Um, I just, you know, my intention is more like, what kind of impacts do I want to have? What, how do I want to affect people? What, you know, how do I want people to feel? You know, what, what's the legacy that I, I, I want, you know, my artistry to have? Um, those are the kind of intentions that I'm having. So then, you know, it's not like I want, because yeah, I mean, hustling never got on um, HBO. It never got on any of Showtime, which everybody kept saying, oh my God, it should be on HBO and Showtime. I'm like, yeah, I agree. Like it should be, but like that never happened. Like so many things didn't happen that, you know, I'm not on my own TV show. That didn't happen. Um, you know, I'm not a huge star right now. And so what this has really taught me in a much bigger way is that you are a creator of your own life and you really should set the tone. You are more what so much more powerful than you ever even, <clears throat> excuse me, you're so much more powerful than you know, than you have ever realized because you've placed these limitations, even though you think they're amazing goals, in many ways, they're limitations that are holding you back because uh, they're not letting you flourish in ways that you can't even imagine because you're not letting yourself, you know? Incredible. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Um, again, I, I know that we're speaking from the point of view of, you know, years later and having gone through, uh, you know, multiple seasons and, and, and other projects as well. Uh, but I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, what you did next. You've got season two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how did you get to season two? So um, we finished season one and oh, and then actually I was nominated for um, and it was at the time it was called Indie Soap Awards. Now it's the Indie Series Awards. Um, and I received an email. I was like, you've been nominated for, you know, best at lead actor in a drama series. And I was like, oh my God, what? I've never been submitted. No, I didn't submit anything. Yeah. <clears throat> so we, there's a couple of us went to this like crazy little, it was at New World Stages. And like, we were like this little show and like we walked in and had been going on for a couple of years, the, the ISAs. And um that was like eye-opening too, just to see all these other people who had been, you know, working in this space and creating their own work. And it was just super inspiring. And everyone was also kind of wacky and crazy. And um, I ended up winning and they mispronounced my name, but it was like also perfect. Um, but it was such a beautiful sort of like moment to be like there uh, after everything that I had went through just to create season one with all the stuff that we just talked about. And then for someone like out of the blue, like, I don't even know, like they just were like, they recognized the show, they recognized me. And 
Uh, and just to be honored <clears throat> in that way was just like a really a beautiful moment. And so that's how season one ended. And so then we were obviously like, okay, well, we have to keep going. And so I, I ended up writing, um, started writing the second season and um, was like, we're going to have to do a Kickstarter because I can't fund the money. Yeah. And so I just, I dove into crowdfunding and with a goal of uh, like 14,000 or something. And through Kickstarter, um, a cinematographer saw the campaign and he reached out to me and he was like, I think your show is really great. I want to shoot it. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I have like two red cameras and lighting. I was like, all right. And he's sort of like, you know, and I'll shoot it for free. I was like, okay. He's like, you just have to pay. You just have to pay my assistance. I was like, okay, that's assistance. great. <laughs> yeah. His like, his like cameras, you know, cameras. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, everything, so many things started falling into place. And, um, and then I, the world, I, as far as the script goes, the scripts go, I expanded the world. I created like multiple storylines and um, I started working with like, um, uh, like, a, like, what did I, I'm trying to think of the credit that I gave her, but she, I sent her the scripts and she was just make sure like there were no holes and like things were, I was connecting all the dots and things like that because I was expanding the world and opening it up and there are more characters and more storylines. I just wanted to make sure I had all my ducks in a row. So like a story consultant? Yeah, a consultant. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was really, really helpful. And um, yeah, and the, the Kickstarter was super intense, but we ended up raising season one. We ended up uh, for season two. We ended up raising 18000 from a $14,000 goal, which uh, was helpful. Um, and then season two, we raised season three, sorry, the second Kickstarter for season three, we yeah. raised 30,000. Um, and Kickstarters are crowdfunding is like another full-time job. It's like Hard. really intense. It's like every day you have to work at it. Um, but I think I was fortunate in the sense that I had done season one, I had created um, an audience and they wanted more. So once we put the Kickstarter out there, there was so much support for the show already. So it wasn't, you know, even though it was, I didn't even know season one really about crowdfunding or anything like that. You know, again, I was just like doing whatever I needed to do. Um, it ended up being a good thing because, you know, I was able to create that audience before asking them for money, as opposed to, I know a lot of people, and it can be challenging with these, um, you know, uh, storytellers or creators or filmmakers who want to do a, a crowdfunding, which they should, but if they don't have an audience, it can be really hard to generate the, the outcome. A, a successful crowdfunding campaign can be challenging because you know your circle of friends and their circle of friends can be only be so small. So in many ways, be, being able to generate an audience first was very helpful in the success of the second um, you know, the first, the two Kickstarters for season two and season three. And you have a proof of concept. You've shown people exactly what they're, what they're, where their money's going to go, what story they're continuing to tell. Yeah, exactly. And a couple of questions about that. One, how did you set your budget? 
Um, that was good. Again, good question. I don't know. At that point, I was literally like, mm. <laughs> not much. Fourteen thousand. Sure. <laughs> like I didn't really know. I was really learning. Um, I think you know we doubled. We doubled what we were asking for for season three, based on I guess the knowledge that I gained from season from season two. But um, um, I I think I collaborated with Gary on that. We were just trying to figure out the budget based on, um, you know, just the expenses that we were going to have. And again, calling in favors. Uh, season two, we shot a lot of the locations in the cinematographer's amazing Upper East Side apartment. Like uh, he, uh, he obviously didn't need to be paid because he was uh, doing okay financially. Um, and he just loved the show and wanted to do more narrative work. So he, you know, uh, uh, offered so much of his time and his equipment and his home for us to shoot in. Um, so yeah, I was just really kind of figuring it, figuring it out. Honestly, uh, it was guesswork, quite yeah. frankly. So then the kind of day to day, you mentioned that doing a crowdfunding campaign is like a, another full-time job. What were some of the things that you did to even though you had this massive audience and, and support already, what were some of the things that you did that you learned about crowdfunding uh, in, for that season two? What I, the biggest thing that I, I think that I learned for both uh, on both, well, I guess in the first one, um, that I also implemented on the second crowdfunding campaign was that it's really, it is about the project, but it's, it's more about the creative it's more about the artist that is 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 doing the crowdfunding it's really important to connect um because yes they're excited about your project but it's really about you they're really funding the person mm -hmm. and so the more that you can connect and i started doing videos and updating people and and talking to them as opposed to just like posting um that really i think created um I don't know this, this, um, it was personal and they were really getting to know me. And it's also extremely important to encourage people and have excitement around the campaign, as opposed to sort of begging them for money. You want to, you want to excite them and be like, you want to be on this ride with us. You know, this is going to be really exciting. Join this campaign, not please. We can't do this without your money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like people feel bad for you and they may donate because, because you're 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 desperate, but that can definitely turn off a lot of people. It's really just got to be. You just have to sort of like forget the desperation of it and just know that you're going. You just have to know that you're going to achieve your goal, even though you're biting your nails the entire time. And it's just really about inspiring people about you and wanting to be on the ride with you. Well, I think that we heard so much about what you've learned and gained from the experience of making, you know, your three seasons of hustling. Uh, but is there anything else that you wanted to share about what you think that experience did for you? Hmm. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've expressed a lot of that. I mean, yeah. um, it was just, you know, it definitely was life changing for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, that really, that was really the beginning of my transformation.
but but uh, uh, the, the big part of my transformation really came after after that when sometimes like when it didn't work out like how of the expe expectations that I had and where I thought I would be and what would happen to the show um, that was also really important because that's really what um, really moved my own personal transformation to the next level. Um, uh, and, you know, moved me into doing my next project, which was my short film Disciple, and then just my, my own personal healing and journey that happened after that. So Disciple is what your kind of main artistic focus is right now, would you say? Or you were also working on a podcast, right? Right, yeah. So the, yeah, the lockdown was, it was a very creative time. I, um, I had started working on Disciple prior to um, the pots, prior to uh, the lot, you know, to the pandemic and everything. And that Disciple's like, a feature film? Disciple's a short, okay. it's a short film. Um, uh, I call it like an, another sort of a different kind of coming out story. And it's about someone coming to terms um, with their own HIV status and their kind of stepping into who they are authentic, authentically and sort of finding their own voice and, and speaking their truth and standing in their own truth. That's what Disciple is about, which is again, me infusing my own story into through the lens of this like, you know, closeted priest. But um, I did uh, that, I was working on that short film and we, we did another crowdfunding for that, raised the money for that and then did two, shot for two days and then got the lockdown happened. And so we still had another day of shooting to go. So I have that project going on. And then finally, um, they started to lift all the, um, the restrictions and we were able to pick up a day, uh, our final day of shooting Disciple. What was really cool of that is I had saved all my characters like hefty dialogue uh, scenes till that last day of shooting, which I thought was going to be right after the first two days of shooting, not yeah. several months later. But it was really great because I changed so much in those few months in the lockdown that I was able, I kind of rewrote a lot of the script and changed the story and just made it a little more clear. And again, infusing my own life into, you know, my art. And, but again, I'm like what I was saying earlier, earlier about hustling, where it was about, I was very self-motivated and it was about me um, searching for success in my career as an actor. Now um, my art is really about um, like guiding others to examine their own lives. And a lot of what I've been talking about today and for them to, to reach beyond their own personal limitations um, or beyond their own limiting beliefs. Like that's really what I want my art to be about. I wanted to, to, to inspire and uplift and, and impact people in a, in a profound way. It's not really about like, I don't, I don't necessarily care about my, like my performance per se, or like this, is, this short film is gonna do something for me as an actor. Like it's so not that anymore. It's about affecting people um, and just having them start to ask themselves questions um, because we don't ask ourselves questions. We, like I was saying before, we just sort of like fall into these templates and we just like, 
all the beliefs that we have are basically ideas from other people that we just like we were told when we were young and we just agree to them and they're just ideas but we like they become our belief system and for and and for many of us we, we they don't we don't ever question those and so we're just sort of like regurgitating history like i said before so i a big part of my mission now with my art is to is to help people sort of um with their own healing, you know, I want my healing to help also be like the footprints for others to sort of like find their own healing because it's really about um, that. It's really about healing um, collectively as like a species. And when we heal ourselves, we do heal the world. You do become that light. Like that's really how you affect, that's really how you affect change is you, we've heard it a million times, but now I really get it because I'm experiencing it. You become the change. And that's what is so important about, you know, the work that I'm doing now is like really having, you know, an impact on, on just people's lives and helping them sort of like reach beyond just their own limitations. Well, I, just keep imagining you today having a chance to talk to you right before you make hustling and say, <laughs> you think that this is what you're doing right now. I, I, but you right. have no idea. Just wait. Just right. wait. Sebastian, yeah. thank you so much for taking all this time of course. to tell us this incredible story. And, it's going to inspire so experience. many storytellers. Uh, well, thanks for giving me the platform to tell the yeah. story. Like yeah. I said, like, this is so what I'm about. Like, I love this. And I, it's, it's, you know, it's really what gives me life now is being able to, to share that story and, and hoping that it does inspire someone, you know. Well, we're going to we're going to give it a shot and uh, and see if we can do that and, and help you do that. So, yeah, it was great talking to you again. Good luck. Sadly. With everything, well, it was great to see and talk to you guys, too. Great to see yeah. you, too. Thanks right. again, Sebastian. Bye, guys. Take care. I really loved Sebastian's focus on having an intention and thinking about the impact that our work has on others rather than focusing on some specific goal that we have for ourselves and how to not limit ourselves with our goals and expectations, but to be open to learning and flourishing in ways we can't even imagine. It was just so incredible to hear what a transformative experience he had making hustling. You can find Sebastian and learn more about his latest projects, his short film Disciple, and his podcast Chasing Happy on Instagram at lacause underscore I am and Think Better Films. And you can find out more about us and what we do at makeyourshow.tv. We'll have links to a lot of what we talked about today there. Thanks so much for joining us and keep a lookout for more episodes just like this one.